Hello everyone, Robbie here. I'm excited to announce my eighth novel, Death Rattle, is now available for pre-order. Here's a brief description. The newest residents of Fleet, Texas are out for blood. The town of Fleet, Texas is dying, and longtime resident Ebner Graves can only watch. Ebner grew up in Fleet, fought for it in Vietnam, grew old there, and now it's drying up. Until the addition of Sunny Meadows, a planned community on the city's outskirts. Built by foreign investor Oscar Fuchs, it's bringing wealth back into the area, and Fuchs wants more. He's buying up property all over town and making generous offers with old money. But Ebner's not buying it. Fuchs isn't what he seems. And Ebner won't see his town become something he hates. And then townsfolk start dying. Everyone who stood in the way of Fuchs all ripped apart in gruesome murder. Suspicious, Ebner sneaks into Sunny Meadows and finds the source of the killings. Vampires. Sunny Meadows is their den and Fuchs their master. Now Ebner must stop him before Fleet is bled dry. Death Rattle is available for pre-order now and releases on July 26th. It's The Lost Boys meets Walking Tall and the best thing I've written yet. I would love for you to pre-order it via the links in the show notes. Thank you and on to the show. everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Uh, I do enjoy my time on the water, although this episode makes me question that quite heavily. Ahoy, matey! Yeah. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Long John Silver's? The sea! Sorry, I mixed up my bad pirate jokes. My, my bad. <laughs> I apologize. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Get access to all of our bonus content. We have some people to thank. Matthew. Ooh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Grimes. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Austin. And Edson Drake. Thank you, Edson. Thank you, Mr. Drake. Or Mr. Mr. Drake. Mr. Drake. Edson Person Drake. First mate Drake, you are now first mate. You can just say Edson. Drake. It's fine, Matt. They're, they gave us their name. No, it's it's just a cool name. They have, we, the, I, we, I'm cool I mean, I'm going to say all the listeners are have the best names and are they're handsome and That's intelligent true. and beautiful and funny and uh, any other words they like to describe themselves as as they think are good, they're that too. Mm-hmm. This is a pep talk for all the listeners. This week's episode is The Wettest Stories Ever Told, episode HABF 11, originally aired April 23rd, 2006, written by Jeff Westbrook, directed by Mike B. Anderson. It received a 4.5 rating with 7.1 million viewers. The couch gag, two hands solve a jigsaw puzzle of the family, um, accidentally switching Maggie's and Homer's heads before correcting the mistake. Not bad, not bad, couch gag. It is fine, much like this episode. It's a thing. It's it exists. It's okay. It's not utter dreck. I would say. If you haven't watched it yet, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. It's not. I, I've seen much worse things. But yeah, it's. Like, it's um... I, it is perfectly suitable to put on, and you go, oh, okay. That's how I feel. Uh, maybe after we talk about it, I'm gonna hate it. That's quite possible. That happens sometimes. 
that happens a lot of the time. I don't hate it though, Matt. I'll I'll make I'm gonna put that on the record before we actually begin. I don't hate this episode right now in this moment of time. That's uh, good to know. Yeah, we be, this is a anthology episode, uh, three separate stories, and we begin with a frame device frame narrative where the family is eating dinner at the Frying Dutchman, and their food is taking forever. Because the chef is fighting an octopus. The octopus has eight knives. That's why you don't ever get a live octopus. They're very smart, and they will try and kill you. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, but we get a little setup for how this episode's going to go. When is our food going to get here? I'm starved. I'm so bored, I figured out where the wallpaper pattern repeats. See, it goes ship's wheel, Popeye tattoo, Gilligan hat, fish with boobs, and back to ship's wheel. What about this swordfish? Oh, my life's work ruined. Yar, sorry about the delay. The chef is having a bit of a problem with tonight's special. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I can send a busboy out to get you something from a better restaurant. Red Lobster? Not that good. Hmm. Until then, perhaps an old sea yarn might pass the time. Too bad I don't know any. I know one about the most important sea voyage in American history, the journey of the Mayflower. Ah, yes. The ship that brought prostitutes to America. Not prostitutes, Protestants. Now who's being naive? The year was 1620. So, a couple... I appreciate the sea captain. The sea captain in this is is probably the brightest spot. Yeah, because he's actually kind of funny. Yeah, he has just—he uh, has a couple good line, lines about the I don't, I, you know, time for a good sea yarn. I don't know any who's now who's being naive. Uh, that's that's good. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Little bits, um. But here we we launch into what is the first story, which is the story of the Pilgrims. Mayflower of Madman is, I guess, is what this is is called. Is it really? Wow. Yeah, I have the, I have the. They're very bad, Matt. These there are these. Oh God! Yeah, it's Mayflower Madman is the official title of this story, um, but it is the story of the Mayflower and the Puritans uh, crossing the ocean. Uh, Lisa tells the story. I, I, I have the the most important sea voyage in American history. Is it? I mean, not really. Uh, it's made out to be uh, very, very important. Uh, but in fact, there were several other colonies that were being settled at the same time as the Pilgrims. Uh, so, no, it's not really that important at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marge and the kids are Puritans, and Homer is not one. That's a, that's the, the angle they take with this. With the, their angle on the story is that Homer is smuggling himself on board with the Puritans to get away from something he did in England. Um, and uh, we set that up with Homer running on board and jumping into a barrel. Please, you gotta help me. If they find me, they'll kill me. Has anyone seen this knave? He's wanted for daring to question why we call this the Jacobean era when the king's name is James and not Jacob. Mother, we must protect him. Look, he's praying. Oh, Lord, please let the soldiers kill this family instead of me. Noble sir, you may accompany us to America in my late husband's clothing. And I will make thee a hat from construction paper. So, thou art a widow, eh? 
Then the cut piece holds no terrors for thee. Good sir, I do not approve of your fleshly gaze. I mean, I'm pretty sure Homer has two gazes, fleshly and foodly. <laughs> how many how many types of gazes are there, Matt? Like, do we have a number, a total number of gazes? That you... I mean, there's also a loving gaze and... Oh, whatever. Give me that crap. Those are the only ones I would call gazes. Everything else is a look. <laughs> Fair enough. You got a side look. You got an appraising look. You know, those kind of things. Okay, good enough. Um, We learned that uh, Flanders is the leader of the Puritans. Uh, Flandish, Ned Flandish, which is fine. There's a lot. I, 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 I think they largely flavor all of these stories very well and make them largely have fu- they have fun with all the characters and how they fill these character types. Um, and it carries them. It carries these stories well enough, uh, even when the stories themselves are just kind of like, OK, they kind of dull a little bit. Um even though some, some the, all, uh, they they managed to get in some jokes in there just that you are like the worst jokes you ever heard. And you're like, oh, God, why did you, you could have just not had that joke? Why did you do that? You, uh, you could have you could have made everyone happy and not had that joke. And yet. Yep. And they just keep doing it. So Homer uh, is, is they, we they begin their their voyage. Uh, it's miserable because, of course, it would be. I can't like crossing the ocean on. One of those ships with no... Tiny little ship. I yeah. don't know if you guys know this, but the Atlantic Ocean, real big. Real big. It's a big old thing. I'm reading I'm reading a book right now about the about the modern uh, lawlessness on the ocean. It's real good. Um, Homer, now uh, in full-on Puritan regalia, is getting a little bit closer to Marge, and it's making Moe a little bit nervous. Lord, we thank you for the many ways you show your love. The sun which bakes our lips to the point of bleeding, and your hilarious idea to surround us with water that would kill us if we drank it. Now I gotta warn you, even for this day and age, I'm considered a bad husband. She's gonna marry him because he wears boots instead of blackening his feet. (laughs) Well, I'm sure the way to win her heart is to be fat and crying. I see little. Yes. Oh, don't stop. You're choking him just the way his father used to. Good times. Oh, perhaps that would make a good father. May I escort you to the railing? <laughs> oh my god, look at that hand-on-hand action. If I don't do something, soon they'll be exchanging pleasantries. Yes, the weather is fair. Man, that guy sends my humors from sanguine to bilious. Uh, that's how we talk. Weird, huh? Did we need that? <sighs> Do we need the, the fourth wall break in there? Do we need that? We really don't. That's that's the part I'm just like, uh, that, you were actually doing okay up until that. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, And I think this episode does that a lot. And I mean, it's it's very typical season 17 where you're like, oh, that's all right. That's all right. And then you're like, you kind of like just stare at the camera and be like, hey, look at us telling jokes, huh? Like, you don't have to. We know we know we're watching a comedy show, guys. You don't have to, like, tell us that these are jokes. Um, And this is setting up sort of Mo as the antagonist of this first story. Not quite, though. Sort of. Yeah, they don't ever 
it's my complaint. That's my actually biggest problem with this, Matt. Like, there's some lame jokes in here. Uh, but, it, and I think it's my largely my problem with most of these is that we don't really have, I don't know, real conflicts in any of them. They don't really set up plots. They just have things happening for seven or eight minutes. And then, well, yeah, they have things happening that happened uh you know in the books or whatever like that's uh, that's what we get and it's like oh okay i mean i guess you're just following along yeah and and it and it it feels like we're almost there with this one in particular like oh look it's mo versus homer and homer's trying to get marge and uh, all the while the 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 mayflower is trying to make its journey to america okay something and mo uh basically frames homer sabotages him doesn't really frame him because homer does do the thing where he yeah they, they have a lot of beer on board which i thought the puritans drink a lot of beer anyway right they did because the water was unsafe to drink so yes that that beer is definitely for them to drink obviously homer just overdid it a bit okay mo but mo shows them where the beer is and homer drink drinks too much and then everyone else starts drinking and suddenly the the ship's not running and so mo gets uh, mo gets homer in trouble basically um but just as he is getting blamed for his drunkenness the ship runs into some trouble Homer, I can't believe I was thinking of letting you touch my elbow through a cloth. But baby, a man has needs. Our captains be head bumped. Oh, I guess we'll never make it to the new world. Oh, when we landed, I was going to denounce my sister as a witch. I keep telling you, the ability to add two-digit numbers is not witchcraft. 31 plus 43. 74. Witch! 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 People, this is madness. We can burn the witch later. Right now, I've got to save this ship. So, at this point, Mo is forgotten. I don't think we see Mo again. No, this is pretty much the end because the entire rest of the plot of this is, oh, uh, Homer has to save them because they're in a bad storm and he's an expert at driving drunk. Uh, and, and then we get, you know, the pilgrims arrive. That's the end. <laughs> Yeah, that's There's it. not a lot of time in like eight no, minutes. No, I mean, and that's the thing where you like just so I I was fully expect I I don't know I was expecting like oh, uh, Homer reveals that it was Mo's fault for for him getting drunk and then they throw Mo overboard or something you know something silly and dumb, uh, but it's just Homer saves a day by piloting them through a storm while he's drunk and you're like but he's not a pilot he's just some random guy. Right? But he's great at driving drunk because but, he's a drunk. But okay, Matt. All right, Mr. Simpson's writer. Um because that's that is, that is literally what happens is like, you know, they it's con- convenient it's convenient for the plot. Homer saves the ship, and they land in America. And Homer and Marge are a couple now, I guess because he saved um saved them. Because Ned Flandish is Ned dead, by the way? No, he's I mean, not. He bonked we- his head, and in those days, so I assume that they killed him. Because oh, obviously he would now be possessed by the devil or something. No, they well they show him. They they show um they show Ned here on land, Matt. That's what I'm saying. He's not dead. No, that's his twin brother, Red. Red Flandish. Uh huh. Okay, that's not bad. Um, Homer Marge together now, and we learn uh, about the future of the pilgrims and of the poor native americans 
<laughs> I just thought of a name for where we're going. New England. Oh, that's real creative. What do you call your foot, new hand? At least I'm pitching. <laughs> Land ho! What did you call me? <laughs> Great Chief Wiggum, we could never have survived our first year in the New World without you. I, uh... <laughs> Almost regret what we Europeans are going to do to you. What, what are you going to do? Oh, give you the biggest slice of pumpkin pie. Also, we're going to take your land and wipe you out. Who wants whipped topping? Wig gum? Uh, wig gum is the second worst thing in this bit. The worst is the way it's like, oh, we're going to wipe you out and take your land. Like, mm. you didn't need to add that. No, I'm going to say the wig gum stuff That's... is way worse, Matt. I don't know. Like, I don't the The... The wipe out, take your land stuff is, it's dark, but it is like sardonic a humor. The wig gum bit, I can't stand. I can't deal. I can't. Uh, uh. I can't deal with that. Wig gum is that what we're doing? Okay, uh, we go to commercial at eight minutes and twenty two seconds. And when we come back, we're back in our frame story. Uh, the Cap- Captain Callister has wandered off, uh, and now it's Bart's turn to tell a story because it's usually the weakest one. Uh, which holds up in yeah, this case. It really um, does. They I was like that hard. I know that Marge is like, it's usually the bad one. I'm like, you're, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong in this case. Uh, it's mutiny on the bounty, uh, about, about a book Bart says he read, which I don't believe for a second. He's, but... No, he says comic book, Matt. He says comic book. Oh, comic book. Sorry. Which sorry. they no. did do. Okay. That's the, the, they, they have done those classics. The classics as comics. The, those ex- certainly existed. Back in the day, I read them plenty when I was a child. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to get into them. A lot of classical literature contains, what's a nice way to put it, it's fluff. So comic books are a that, great way. Hey, to that's not fair, Matt. They were paid by the word. I know. So they contain a lot of fluff. <laughs> nah, it depends on the book. Mutiny on the Bounty is not that bad, honestly. I've read, I have read the actual Mutiny on the Bounty. It is not that fluffy it is adventure fiction you know it is it is yeah, adventure fiction is generally not bad because they sold by the book rather than by the page and they, they weren't published sequentially looking at you mr charles dickens oh god <laughs> anyway you on the bounty skinner is captain bligh bart is his first mate i believe they call him christian at one point that is the name of the, uh, the, f- kid... the first mate of the movie so there or the book go. or the comic uh, book whatever the, source material you'd rest... like to draw upon uh-huh the rest of the Springfield male children are the crew because, again, no women to see at this point. Uh, and it starts out with Skinner being a jerk, like he really always is. Good morning, crew. Welcome to day 718 of our voyage. Today's announcements. First of all, in an effort to save water, you will no longer be given any water. And because of a drawing of myself having romantic congress with a merman, <laughs> I am dumping all your mail from home into the sea. <laughs> and I can assure you there were cookies in there. Good cookies. The kind only a loving mother or Millhouse's father could make. My father's alive? No, he died while baking. It's all in the letter. Pretty tired of that seawad. This is nothing like the recruiting brochure. Hmm. Maybe that's what happens on the last day. So, yes, as we can see, uh, Skinner is not a friendly captain. Um, 
fun story, uh, the actual Captain Bly, uh, while not a great person, was considered lenient for the time. Um, so the mutiny on the bounty is, uh, yeah, not true at all. So, hey. I mean, I mean Matt, you, you should happen, not. But not don't, for the reasons they said. Don't expect honesty in your adventure fiction. That's be my first. Definitely. Definitely not. So, uh, at this point, Willie... So, Matt, hey, wait, 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 let me stop you. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the rest of... So, this is setting up. Okay. Uh, obviously... The captain, he's he's a hard, terrible leader, and we're gonna get scenes of like simmering resentment and mistreatment among the children. Uh, it's gonna be like you know, uh, like Camp Krusty. You think about Camp Krusty and Bart leading this uh, research, this rebellion, you know, against this this terrible leader, and then eventually we're gonna get to them overthrowing him and then dealing with the repercussions on the ship well robbie if we had a whole episode perhaps but instead we have six minutes oh no we're gonna get a minute and a half montage of the the crew on tahiti uh so willie warns skinner about the mutiny skinner blows him off they go to tahiti uh where it's basically a you know modern resort paradise uh homer and marge are in charge and you know everyone's relaxing and eating good food and having fun uh, but then they go to leave, uh, and Skinner goes back to being a jerk. I can't overstate this, Matt. This, is, this is this takes up so much time. There's so much time spent here in Tahiti, and then it, it doesn't. None of it matters. There's literally nothing. Yeah, there's a whole uh, gag about Homer like shaking their hands. They leave and saying their updated bill will be sent to them, and all this stupid crap. There's a, a bit here about the Easter Easter Islands, the, the statues. Oh, I forgot about that. Why did you remind me about that? Ugh. I. I'm just doing my part, Matt. I'm just doing my part. Uh, how close are the Easter Islands to Tahiti? Uh, not very. That's what I thought. I didn't check that. You know, I didn't go look at the globe or anything. Let's but live research here. Let's let's go to Google Maps and find Tahiti. <laughs> Tahiti, and then find Easter uh-huh. Islands. Well, I know where the Easter Islands are. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh dear God. Uh huh. Not close to each other at all, huh? Not even a little bit. Okay. You zoom out a little bit. They're both in the South Pacific, right? I mean, they are in the South Pacific. Uh, let's see. But you remember how we said how the Atlantic Ocean's real big? Yes. South Pacific. Pacific Ocean? Bigger, even. Real big. Yeah. So, like, when you do jokes about Easter Island and just being right next to they're not close at all. They would not be... Okay, I. It's just that this is, and you say this six minutes. They don't even have six minutes, man. They have five minutes and like twenty seconds to tell oh, this wow. story. So okay. To be fair, it's only about a third of the way from Australia to South America. Only so they're they're practically a skip and a jump. Yep. That's like a thousand miles, <laughs> at least. Yes. Okay. So. Like you said, they have they have maybe six, and minutes, they don't have so. they don't have any. Back then, they didn't have like they didn't have Google Maps to consult. They could just find. They didn't have GPS trying to find they Easter had the Island. stars. Yeah, trying to find Tahiti and Easter Islands just using the stars. Yeah, good luck with that. So anyway, <sighs> anyway, uh, we go back to Skinner being a jerk. Uh, the mutiny happens because Skinner's just walking through and hitting people with his sword because he's a jerk. Uh, they put him off the boat, uh, the boat, sorry, one little Canadian there for you. The, a boot. Uh, at, with Willie, a boot, uh, with Willie going with him for some reason, Skinner begins to abuse Willie. So Willie kicks him off and puts him on a turtle. And so he starts to abuse the turtle. The turtle dives and tries to kill Skinner, which, uh, yeah, that seems, that seems about right. Yeah. Uh, finally, 
now Bart is in charge, and he screws it up like he does. This is your new captain saying, next up, Tahiti. And we're going to remove all evidence of the previous regime, starting with this stupid wheel. I know you had your doubts, men, but there they are. The most beautiful women in the world. Those are penguins. Well, we'll get it this way. We're going to discover the North Pole. South Pole. Oh, boy, do I suck. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, just because you hit the edge of Antarctica, you're a long way from the South Pole. It took another, you know, few hundred years to get there. But that's where we end this act mercifully but don't worry it comes back it does return we do get the bounty once more at the end of this episode um yeah there's not really a plot there's not really like there's no real conflict in this thing it's just like there there is a mutiny but there is no like the good thing mutiny and the bounty is exciting because not because they stop at tahiti and make some jokes about paradise and resorts the the best thing about mutiny and the bounty the the source material is there is that simmering tension of like, oh no, are they going to mutiny? And who's going to be on whose side? There is nothing, and that's the I think why this 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 particular bit is just is a loser. Like of these three, clearly the worst one. Not even, and it's, I don't even think it's close. Like I I think the first and third are are almost okay. Like they're they're all right. This second one is just a bummer. Um, penguins? Like why? What are we doing? What's with what's with uh, what, Matt? What's with the Simpsons and penguins lately? In the bad of the bad they seasons, like penguins. They really like I mean, do a lot I, of penguin bits, like like Simpson Tide. There's a ship that's just staffed by penguins. You remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. What's with that? I don't know. Uh, we come back from commercial, thirteen minutes and forty seven seconds, which luckily does give this third act some time. Uh, maybe just don't do that act. The second act, like the way it. I don't five you only got five minutes I don't know. <laughs> um and this is the poseidon adventure uh where we the we, we cut back to the framed era very briefly where we see that captain McAllister is playing basketball outside the restaurant now with his staff uh and they still haven't gotten their food um but we Omer's going to tell the story of a movie from the 70s <laughs> that's and that's how they frame it which i think is not bad. I think this Poseidon Adventure bit is probably the strongest one. Um, there's a little bit of competition with the first act, but I think this act is probably the best one. Uh, they Yeah, because this is based on something that had an actual story that they took the time to kind of implement. Yeah, they and frankly, they don't need to have uh, much conflict because the conflict is will they live. You know, it's a disaster movie. That's what the Poseidon Adventure right. is. So it's just like survive. That's the conflict. That's the drama is will they make it? And uh, we start off with the, the 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 family and pretty much everyone in Springfield on this boat. And we find out a cruise ship and we find Burns is the captain. Yes, welcome to the maiden voyage of the Neptune, the world's most unflippable luxury liner. Help yourselves to some pineapple upside down cake and apple turnovers. And you'll all be getting free hats. So make sure to give us your capsize. What a fascinating cross-section of humanity. You've got the lonely but lovable loser. 
Hello, angels. Your mission today involves going undercover at a wet t-shirt contest. Just get you wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not so lovable. And you've got the elderly Jewish couple making their first trip to Israel. Our son Shlomo is working on a kibbutz in Haifa. We're schlepping him some kreplach. They're Jewish, all right. Boy, are they ever. I like all of the flipping over jokes. I enjoy, I enjoy them quite a bit. We need your cap size, Matt. That's that got me. All right, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. That the rest got, of it was like, aha, it's funny, but cap size. That got that got me. We need your cap size. Um, the Simpsons, the family, are the band. You know, they're the band playing, and they they do a song about. At <laughs> least Lisa, Lisa sings the song about uh the ship being destroyed and everyone dying, <laughs> which. Do they are they does Lisa know what's gonna happen? Maybe she should tell everybody. Maybe she should. Yeah. Everyone else seems to know. Burns seems to have some kind of sixth sense about what's gonna happen. Well, yeah, they we cut to Burns uh piloting the, the ship and a massive wave uh hits it, uh broadsides it, and the, the ship flips completely upside down, which is exactly what happens in the movie. And uh everyone is trapped inside and half the people it's it's and like the action in this is like the animation for the action is actually pretty well done and it's actually pretty brutal. And there's a really I I'm going to also say, Matt, there's a bit here where Krusty <laughs> Krusty uh, falls, you know, the entire size. He falls basically, you know, uh, from the floor to the ceiling of this massive room and realizes that someone's legs are on him and then realizes it's his own legs. He's been cut in half. And then makes a, a it makes a gag about go going out on a sight gag, in that I and I that that's good. I like that. I'll take that. That's the meta humor that I can I can dig. I can do that, and I think that there's a lot of that in this in this little bit. Um, well, yeah, it's based on the source material being halfway decent. I think it's like they had good decent source material and they were able to find a good place to pop in gag so whoever was on the writing staff was in charge of this particular section of it and in orchestrating it all seemed to do a good job yeah and like this the scene is good my i don't think this is a surprising opinion but matt mm-hmm. why is homer so obnoxious in this uh, again, it's it's Homer in season seventeen. That's how they feel he has to be. That's, that's Homer's brand of humor. Apparently, it's re- it's the worst part. It's the worst thing in this bit. It's just Homer. Mm-hmm. Everything else is really good, and it, and it, and it has that 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 kind of the foundation p- provided by the Poseidon adventure. Frankly, um, oh, I forgot, Matt. I forgot to tell us the 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 middle story i got i got to give us the official names the middle story the mutiny story is called the wine bar sea the w- and then this one okay. is called watership doan aka nope. the ne- nope you lost me in the second one and you just you completely flooded on the third one these I'm are all terrible nope, those are not these the are names. all real bad uh watership doan like down but doe okay um or the neptune How adventure dare you remind me of watership down Watership Down is a good story. It's it is, but it's incredibly sad. It's incredibly heartbreaking. Um, so the ship is flipped over. They need to escape. Homer's an idiot. That's kind of the problem. But Selma has a plan. 
Attention, everyone. I've spent the entire cruise reading these maintenance brochures because as a lonely single woman, I've had nothing better to do. Aws are cheap. I'm looking for some action. I thought so. It says here we should head upwards towards the hull before the ocean starts filling the ship. Don't listen to her. She'll get us all killed. The safest thing to do is to resume our normal activities. Now, where is the rumba instructor? Okay, so that's left, left, right. Come on, people. Rumba instructor has been eaten by a shark. So I don't think those dance steps are actually correct, but uh, good job on Wiggum for interpreting them in a usable manner. And like this stuff is like, I don't know, this bit is okay, but I feel like it is giving us like a cross section of a disaster movie. You know, you like you have the competent person, you have this idiot who does wants to just, oh no, we just keep going doing whatever and it'll be okay. We'll get rescued. Like it's that. We see these the those tropes from those movies in these characters. That's perfectly fine. Um, they travel through the ship. They have to get to the engine room and then get to so they can get to rescue. I guess. Um, it doesn't really matter. It's just they need to get through the ship is really the important part. Keep us moving. Keep the story moving. Um, they get to a point where part of the ship is submerged and someone needs to swim through it to, to tie off a guideline so everyone can swim through. Um, comic book guy is the choice. Yeah. Uh, he gets one. Why is he here at all? I'm pretty sure it's a comparison point to the film, Matt. Ah. Um, but he needs to get amped up, so he listens to a sad song. Homer pushes him into the water. He swims through, ties off the guideline without problem, and then stops halfway back underwater to eat a chicken drumstick. It looked pretty big. I would go with a turkey drumstick. Okay, okay. Tur- turkey drumstick. Okay, fair enough. Um, and he, then he comes back and he's dead. He dies. A lot of people dying from like nothing, basically, because huh? it doesn't really make any sense. But it's fine. Um, it it is again mirroring the film. Like you know, people are getting killed as you they try and get to rescue. Um, so they they follow this guideline and then. They hear a tap. This they're at the the outside piece of the ship now. They're all on the the the, the next to the hull, and then a torch cuts through someone with a welding torch cuts through the the hull and lights Mel's hair on fire, which kills him. Despite being surrounded by water, that he can jump in. Yeah, I was gonna say just Mel, just jump in the water, buddy. You'll lose some hair, but you'll be you'll live. Yeah. No, but Mel's dead. Mel's dead, man. He's dead. Yep. Thankfully, it doesn't matter because it, it's almost over. Yeah, the, the, this is the end of this again. The segment where the rescue has arrived, um, and everyone jumps out of the ship. Homer is still incredibly stupid. There is a bit in here about Homer going to the toilet uh, while they're trying to get through the ship, and that his upside down because of uh, his amazing ass suction. You made you made that up, Matt. They didn't actually put that in this episode, did they? Robbie. I wish that I had made that up. I okay. wish that I was that dumb. Yeah, that's the, that's maybe I'd enjoy this episode more. That's yeah. The, the, those are the things where you're like, oh, I'm, this is this this bit. Let's say this segment, it's grow, cruising right along, and then oh, here's a bit about Homer and his ass suction. And you're like, hmm, no, that's not it, guys. Not it. I feel like there had to be somebody on the writing staff at this point that just really liked wacky, stupid Homer jokes, and no one was willing to tell them no. I'm pretty sure that they just someone had an idea 
that that is my that is my conclusion Matt. like we need a bit here to fill time and someone went oh homer's on the toilet they open the door and homer's in there on the toilet and they make a joke about him being upside down because his ass suction and everyone's like oh that's something we'll go with it i i love that's That's a joke we need jokes we need jokes that's a joke it fits it fits the time good good job high five let's not waste any time thinking of another one to try and replace it it's good enough that is if i could describe the 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 working my working theory on why the season 17 is so bad people came up with a single idea and everyone else said ah good enough yep finally so they're out of the ship everyone's rescued and oh no matt oh no there is a ghost ship it's the bounty they're back they're ghosts they're ghosts You guys know the way to Tahiti? Way to go, genius. You sailed into someone else's tail of the sea. At least I'm not gay for Skeleton Kearney. Our ribs got tangled 75 years ago. That's not gay. Right. You keep believing that. So that's that's literally the, the, the people in the, the cruise ship get rescued. And then the bounty, the ghost ship bounty, sails past. And we cut to this. And this is how this episode ends. Literally. That is the last thing in this episode is Bart making a gay skeleton joke. Yep. I needed to keep a tally, Matt. Like, unforced errors. Like, things they add to the episode that actively make it worse. Yeah, because this is just an extra, what, 30, 45 seconds tacked on to the end of the episode. I am assuming because they really needed to fill time. It, this this uh this clip is 19 seconds long um just run a longer intro guys like i i hate to break it like this bit like why do we need a bit about bart making about the people being gay skeleton like if you want to make a joke about teenage boys using the word gay all the time you got you gotta do better yeah, that's that's a real that's a real stretch to have ghost skeletons of teenage boys, and they're and they're but Matt, I was I was about to ask like, but why are they real? Like, why are they skeletons when they just be ghosts? Like, why are they tangible? Why are they tangled up? It doesn't make any sense. But I'm like, why would I even think about that? Robbie, stop! Robbie, stop yeah, talking! Don't don't, bother. don't don't they don't they didn't think about that for a second. They had a, they had a joke about two gay teenage ghost skeletons and they wanted to put it in there our ribs got tangled up 75 years ago what i think it's also a pirates of the caribbean joke uh because they were ghosts but if you look at them in the moonlight they turned into skeletons kind of thing yeah when did pirates when that first pirates come out the johnny i don't know and i frankly don't care oh man come on it's important and i wanted to know because then i could you could i could actively confirm that this is when the 2000 it had just come out so that sounds about right 2003 that was a good movie. Curse the, the first Black. one was, yeah. Yeah, Curse of the Black Pearls, good movie. But then they just kept making them. Mm-hmm. I, people kept paying for I haven't seen any of the two newer ones. I stopped at three. Should I see those? Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think I saw anything past the first one, so I'm going to keep it that way. Ah, I would not suggest two or three, uh, but I'm curious about four and five. Maybe they're okay. Um, that's this episode. We're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean instead of it. Caribbean? Is it? Are you Caribbean or Car- Caribbean, Matt? Which one are you? I believe Caribbean. 
you're you're a Caribbean guy. I always like Caribbean more. I mean, I really think it depends on the sentence in which it's happening because sometimes it just sounds wrong for one or the other. Caribbean. It feels right to say the Caribbean Sea, but if you want to describe something as uh, Caribbean, that sounds better. Caribbean is a funnier sounding name, so that's why I say it. Um, I would. I think this is this. It much like a lot of season seventeen, you see it and you go, "Oh, that could have been better." <laughs> uh huh. But ultimately, it's probably some of this is so far some of the best of season seventeen. That's sadly true. Sadly, this is this very middling, mediocre episode is some of the best we've seen in season 17. Because I watched it and I go, oh, okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't even good. But it was all right. It had some bits here and there. And then it had also weird confounding things about wig gum and gay skeletons. And you're like, what's going Why is Homer such an idiot? Why are they? There's no story. And really, Act 2 is very bad. I'll say that. Act 2 is bad. One in three yeah, are, it's like, are, are there no other movies you could do? Like, what about the one where the ship goes back in time? You could have done that. Too. I guess save that one for the next the next one, Matt, maybe. I guess so. The next uh, anthology. Um. We will rank it at the end of the show. You gotta, you gotta do the thing. Oh, sorry. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, not really. I I mean, no, I don't. It's kind of, I don't, I think there's flaws, obvious flaws, but it's not broken. It functions. It's an anthology series, anthology episode as well. So what is it going to, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is what we expect out of anthologies. Is, you know, you'll have three stories. One of them will be pretty good. One of them will be okay. One of them will be downright bad. Uh, I mean, the, the the later Treehouse of Horrors has definitely showed us that. Those are the... No, but Matt, you should, I would add the, the a large caveat is that those are the good anthology episodes. The ones that have one good one, one okay one, and one bad one. That's true. Some of them are just all bad. They just have three bad. And you're like, oh, that was that's just a bad episode. Um, but no, this episode's not broken. I think it's perfectly fine. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I ask our patrons to leave their reviews for the episode. Uh, the Cavalcade of Calamity, the Parade of Pain, uh, constant, uh, just, they, they can share, they can share in this trauma, to, we can share this trauma together, Matt, as we endure, okay, endure sure. season 17, because that's what the, this is like, it's like running a marathon, and we're at the point of season 17 where your toenails are starting to fall off. That sounds about right. Yeah, we're like the it's like here we are. This podcast is an ultra marathon. You and I are enduring the ultra marathon and season 17 is like a normal marathon in the middle of it. That's the best I can do. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, First up from Tim, a weird thing happened with this episode. I actually found it more enjoyable as it went along. It's worried that I feel like the Simpsons at the Sea Captain restaurant, which I think is located in my town for the duration of the wettest stories ever told. Mayflower story was pretty dull with only the sad reminder from Ned Flanders as to what would happen to the Native Americans being memorable. The mutiny on the bounty shirt was identified as being post-year 2000 and inclusion of Weezer's Island in the Sun. Forgot to mention that. They do play Island in the Sun. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing I like. Hey, give me some island. I, it's not the best Weezer, but it's something. Um, brief aside, it's interesting. Like I look I, at the time, Island of the Sun was like, oh, this is okay. It's not, you know, it's not the best Weezer, but it's okay. And now you look back at Island of the Sun, you're like, that's a lot better than current Weezer. Oh, accurate, but oh, yeah. Uh, continuing with Tim, but did highlight what happens when a novice takes a job from a professional, which fortunately has never happened in America's history. Oh no! Oh Tim, why would you do? Why would you remind me? And then uh, continuing, I honestly thought the Poseidon Adventure parody was pretty well done and gave Selma a rare opportunity to be something of a hero. Again, though, what's with all the gay jokes? I'll put this right above what was the long, the standard for worst episode ever, Homer's Odyssey. In other words, number 264. That's probably, that's not bad. That's not a bad guess off the top of my no, head. No. Uh, from Derek, let me tell you a wee story from about my history with this episode. Let everyone sit, sit down, buckle up. When I was about 12 in 2009, I sort of fell out of love with The Simpsons, the season 13 DVD being the last I added to my collection. Then in 2016, a 19-year-old Derek suddenly felt the urge to revisit the show and marathoned it from the beginning. I was completely enraptured by the classic seasons and, believe it or not, was still enjoying myself with the early teen years. So much so, I ordered seasons 14 through 17 on DVD, completing my collection. I don't know how I wasn't taken aback by the decline of the show, but season 17 would change all that. It was a real chore to get through. Reading the synopsis for The Wettest Stories Ever Told filmed me with such ire. Another anthology episode after I just slogged it through that Christmas one this very season. After forcing my eyes to stay open during the first segment, I just skipped the episode. This is the one that broke me. I made it through slop like Codependence Day and Homer and Ned's Hail Mary Pass. This was the one where I threw my hands up and said, I'm out. So I can honestly say I hate this episode with a passion. Maybe it's better than the other anthology episodes. Maybe it's worse. But always be the episode that ruined my marathon and forced me forced me to accept the show had become banal trash and it can rot in hell. Whew. Scorching. I mean, whew, boy. I mean, I'm not going to begrudge anyone um, for their... I know this episode's relatively non-offensive to me, but I'm not... You know, it's it's the cue... As someone who has... Oh, yeah, you we're know, marathoning these. We didn't have to also watch, you know million dollar ab and all the rest of that crap yeah immediately before but i'm not i will not begrudge anyone who's overwhelmed by the preponderance of crap that that heaps upon you as you watch season 17 uh from benjamin i've been looking forward to these three partners as a reprieve from the t- typical season 17 episode I have to say, though, this one mostly fell flat for me. I enjoyed the frame narrative with Captain McAllister more than any of the actual stories. I thought the Mayflower one had the most jokes. It stuck with Homer praying uh, they take Marge and the kids, my favorite of them. I have to agree with Marge and the mutiny story being the weakest. I like that it involved the kids, but wasn't very funny. The two story was fine, I guess. I realized the sight gags. I felt a bit long. As far as anthology episodes go, this one is the weaker one so far, but at least they can put together a story when it only lasts six minutes at a time. Mm, yeah. Uh, next up from Austin. One of our new patrons, Matt. So this is it, whenever I see a new, a new someone new, I I think I'm I'm like uh, John McClane in uh, in Die Hard when he throws the desk through the window and throw, and then throws a and the body lands on the cop car and uh, yeah. Carl Winslow throws in reverse and welcome to the party, pal. That's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, from Austin. Uh, well, another anthology episode. So at least there are three chances to have something to like. First story with Mayflower was meh, pretty dull. Second story was better, had some decent jokes and gags here and there. Really enjoyed Skinner's ongoing round gag. I think if I was familiar with the Mutiny on the Bounty story, then maybe I'd have enjoyed it even more. Last, I think the third story is my favorite. I think it was the shortest too, but it gave a lot of characters time to shine in an interesting setting. Circling back to the frame story, which why didn't the family leave the restaurant? 
I mean, because then we wouldn't have had this the frame story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't want to hate to break it to Austin because the writers, the writers said so. Um, they sure had more patience than I would have. Overall, a decent anthology with some good gags, but brought down by a dull first act, strange frame story, and the abundance of seemingly obligatory gay and racist quote unquote jokes. Yeah, they like yeah they're they they bring. I think if you cut some of the the racist and gay stuff like jokes the the like the episode gets 15 percent better yeah like uh, just by removing some things like doing nothing else just by removing those jokes like there's ways to make jokes about teenage boys loving to use the word gay or there like there's ways to make jokes about how we you know committed genocide on the the native americans but the Simpsons don't make jokes. They just say a sentence and then make, they look at the camera and like, why aren't you it's laughing? All, it's all for shock value about things that aren't shocking anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, from Aaron. Uh, I So I just had to take the past two weeks off from reviewing just for my sanity. That's I 100% support that decision. All you guys do not follow in our path. Do as we say. Do not do as we do. Um Season 17 has tested my patience. Don't get me wrong. I love a good review of a bad movie or show. Roger Ebert's review of North is the apex of film criticism. And my favorite Simpson show podcast is from the frying game. I still listen to you guys roast that episode at least once every few months. Oh, this grammar pillar. Oh boy. <laughs> I just didn't think I could handle it anymore. So now we have a trilogy episode, which I mostly dislike. See Christmas Simpsons, Christmas stories, but this one's a bit different. Sure, the first two acts are typically on funny stories. I've gotten used to with these episodes. But I submit to actually enjoying the Poseidon Adventure story. Character models were on point. The parody of the Treakly Morning After theme song was great. My only complaint about it was that it was too short, plus bringing back the characters from the bounty was pretty awful. So like the framing device of the Frying Dutchman, as it's a callback to my favorite episode. Not a good episode overall, mind you, but I would put it ahead of every one of these types of episodes reviewed so far. Uh, from JJ, I was fully expecting this to be as bad as Simpsons Christmas stories, but it surprised me. Now they had better, more consistent jokes than most of season seven, most season seventeen episodes with Mo, Lovejoy, and the Sea Captain having the best lines. The gay jokes aren't helping though, and the episode ends on a pretty bad one. Yeah, even though every Nantria Safar anthology has felt like filler used to pad out the required twenty two episodes per season, there's no reason they can't be good. And I thought this one had more effort put into it than the, even the last few, even if the humor is doing most of the legwork. Third segment wouldn't feel out of place in a trio's horror due to all the death. Overall, I wouldn't call this episode good, but I would call it mediocre watchable, which is ringing endorsement in season 17. I put it somewhere around Simpsons Bible stories. Yeah, I agree. Um, From Sarah. Finally, from Sarah. Like others have said, I haven't left reviews for all the recent episodes because sometimes I can't put my disappointing noises into actual words. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, welcome to the party. Uh, I dread these anthology episodes, but I was entertained by enough elements of this one to give it a D minus. I like the glimpses of the frying Dutchman. I also enjoyed the Poseidon adventure story. thought the Mayflower story was the weakest and the bounty tale was okay. But for a few cringeworthy quote unquote jokes, we're going to get, we're going to get through the rest of season 17 together. We will. That's true, Sarah. We will do it. We're, we're almost there. Season 17 is almost over. And then it, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for season 18. It's going to get better, right, Matt? It might. I remember it as being slightly better, but as season 16 and 17 have proven, my memory is bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, thanks, all of our patrons, for leaving those reviews, for enduring these terrible episodes. Uh, if you you can join us at patreon.com slash The Simpson Show, um, any level of, of, of support will let you comment on there and 
leave your review. I'll read on there. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie? Lots of great answers. Really appreciate everyone who took the time. Matt, take it away. All right. So uh, we're going to start with Andy. Uh, as much as he's crushed in Iron Man, I'm going to go in with his role as Derek Lutz in Back to School with Roddy Dangerfield. I didn't even know he was in that movie because uh, I probably didn't know who he was when I saw it. So I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. Uh, from Mark, I'm going to be honest. I really want to pick something from the MCU because of how well the Tony Stark character has developed over the years. But I'm going to go with Tropic Thunder instead. The entire film is perfectly cast, but it's Robert Downey Jr.'s Academy-nominated performance as Kirk Lazarus that obviously stands out. He's ignorant, but as the film goes on and becomes more self-aware of his actions, Robert Downey Jr. manages to pull off with pull that off while still putting on a very funny performance is one of my favorite comedy films ever made oh it's been way too long since i've seen that man chocolate thunder is real good it's it's subtly good in in ways you don't expect yeah one of the funny things it's it's very it's very smart satire and i don't think a lot of people realize that it is very smart yeah uh from alex natural born killers enough said absolutely true i'll bet you've seen natural born killers uh yes in several uh, installments over like weeks because that is a really intense movie. Yeah, that's a good. I'm gonna maybe the best Oliver Stone movie. Wow, maybe I don't know. JFK is like 15 hours long, so I can't. You know. Yeah, no one can get through that. I can't. That's, I'm, that's I'm just... supposed to watch all that. You're crazy. You crazy man. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what was uh, Rich, uh, looking through this, his filmography, it goes without saying that Tony Stark is his most significant character across a dozen or so installments. But my favorite film he stars in is Fincher's Zodiac. Honorable mentions to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Good Night and Good Luck. All great films which came out in a couple of years between his recovery and his big comeback in Iron Man. Oh, very true. I haven't seen Zodiac, but I'm actually tempted, even though I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of uh, most of Fincher's work. What? So I guess we'll see. What, Matt? You don't like Fincher? Not really, no. We can talk about it later. Uh, Warren, the Avengers. His delivery is perfect and his acting is amazing. He makes this sarcastic jerk incredibly likable, funny, and someone who you root for throughout the series. Iron Man is my favorite superhero, hands down. Uh, Quote from the movie. Steve Rogers, big man in a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. You know, the usual stuff. (laughs) Ah, Good stuff. Uh, From At Energy Turtle, Iron Man 3, also the best Christmas movie. I always forget that takes place at Christmas because the end takes place in Miami, so it's not Christmassy at all. It's fantastic. It's like that's what Christmas is like in Florida, guys. In case you were ever wondering. Uh from at Jessica Ruiz. As a big Sherlock Holmes fan, I have to say the Sherlock Holmes movies have a special place in my heart, even if most people don't like them. Do people not like those? I thought those were pretty good. I think largely people haven't seen them. <laughs> I think that's Okay, that's fair. That is I saw the first fair, one, I that... not I and I thought it was fine. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen the second one, but it's good. It's good overall. Uh, from at Blazing Sky 2, Heart and Souls. If you've never seen it, you owe it to yourself to see it. I have not seen it. Have you? Have I have you? not seen Heart and Souls. That's I'll put it on my list. All right, then. Okay, from at Hippie 200, Zodiac. Rarely does a film that lasts for almost three hours have me in a script for the whole time, but Zodiac definitely does. It still annoys me so much that, spoiler, the puzzle is never solved. I don't, you know, I, I think it's, it. it's based on real life events, and I don't think it's controversial. <laughs> They never got the Zodiac. I mean, is it based they never... on the Zodiac killer. Yeah, that's the whole. Yeah, Matt, you didn't know. Oh no, I I've never heard of this movie before. 
Matt, what? I can't. I don't know you sometimes. We're gonna we're gonna have some discussion about Zodiac. Okay, continue. Okay. All right. Next up uh is at Groshan's Kevin. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Downey Jr. is superb in this offbeat hard boiled film. Indeed. Uh from at John Fane two, kicking it, a musical journey through the Betty Ford Center. God, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord. Uh, from Matt Deadman 74 obvious choice but Endgame one of the best movies of all time and really after the story of RDJ characters nicely very true uh, from Matt L. Columbia 88 Soap Dish another one that I have never heard of Matt you uh, haven't seen that, a movie I don't know? believe it well I mean normally I at least hear of them I this one I'm completely I also have not never seen Soap Dish I'm, I'm just I'm just teasing you I have not also not seen Soap Dish I have oh, heard okay. of, I have okay. heard of Soap Dish though. I have not I just haven't watched it. Gotcha. Okay. Uh let's see. From at G Wakely, back to school. Derek Lutz, the purple haired diver heckling weirdo who's taking nothing but dead language classes, is a hilarious character. Man, that's two of those. I gotta go back and watch Back to School. My goodness. All right, Robbie, what is yours? So the question is favorite, you know, not best. And my favorite, and I'm gonna say Robert Downey Jr movie is kiss kiss bang bang you went and stole mine because i i think it's my favorite uh end game and all the the whole iron man and tony stark arcs are great and iron man probably would be number two end game is has like 400 people in it i so i don't i don't really consider it a robert downey jr movie even though he does have a really good arc in it um but the i will hear my caveat best robert downey jr movie is zodiac and i Oh wow. Zodiac is incredibly tense though and and full of like it it's as a David Fincher movie, so it's full of uncomfortableness. Uh and and and, <laughs> and very stark reality. And you wonder why I don't generally like his movies. Zodiac is great. Zodiac is very like you you trace the like the arc of Fincher's career and he starts off with like um I mean, Seven is his first big movie, and Seven is also a serial killer movie. But Seven is really stylized, and like uh, I don't know, very clearly like a Hollywood serial killer movie. Where oh, it's like the Seven Deadly Sins killer, and every all the like the kills aren't really realistic. No one would, you know, people don't murder people like that in real life largely. While Zodiac is very realistic, it's it's filmed almost like a it's pseudo reality. <laughs> well, it's a pseudo. It's almost pseudo documentary at times. It feels like it's just like very, very like authentic, and it feels real. And it follows. It has multiple scenes where you're watching the killer kill people, and it's not stylized. It's very just stark and awful, but it's really, really good. Um, but Kiss Kiss Big Bang is funny and and uh, charming. And even silly at times, and playful, and really great dialogue. And Robert Downey Jr. Uh, carries that film, and it's uh, that's his movie. That's my favorite. Your answer is also Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Matt. It absolutely is. That I, that movie is just. I love anything involving detection, uh, like detective kind of movies, and and that is definitely one of those. My favorite movies are also detection movies. <laughs> <laughs> What a weird coincidence. <laughs> I love detection movies. I love detecting things. I just like watching people get x-rays. I mean, you know. No, no, thank you. Um, Next week's question. What is your favorite movie involving the ocean? Think on it, Matt. All right. Mm. I might even. It's going to be tough to beat Deep Blue Sea, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're being serious or not. Uh, 
but please don't answer Deep Lucy. I'm gonna <laughs> please. Don't, I'm not. Don't please worry. don't pick Deep I just, Lucy. Th- just that is one of the most the the biggest goofiest smiles I've ever had on my face. Is spoiler for those of you who haven't seen this like almost 20 year old movie it's when the shark comes out behind samuel l jackson after giving his giant speech and just eats it i'm just like what why i think my problem (laughs) my problem is that the rest of the movie doesn't match that scene like that scene is very absurd and then the rest of the movie is just kind of like it presents it at face value and you're like guys you got to be campy this is like you're you're dealing with a movie about super intelligent sharks and you're like presenting it like it's real you're like come on guys it's you're it's silly make it silly um, but any movie involving the ocean, I already know my answer, probably, but I'm going to think about it for a bit. Um, I'll post this question on all our social media, Twitter, it's at on Twitter, at SimpsonShowPod. You can email us uh, at SimpsonShowPod at gmail.com, and I also post it on our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash The Simpson Show. I post it publicly there, so you know how to support us to answer there if you don't want to. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am the smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenges where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other. Uh, I'm losing by nine points, Matt. And if I don't start making up ground, I am definitely going to lose. It's almost like not even a, a contest at this point. You're just we'll you're running away with this. Uh, this is, give me an easy question, Matt. All right, sir. Your questions are from an episode I know you really enjoy, so hopefully they're not too hard for you. <sighs> Whose house do the Simpsons house sit in the Mansion family? Okay. Really enjoy the Mansion family is a little bit of a stretch. I en- okay, but you... I enjoy the, the Mansion. I the do enjoy the Mansion family. Mr. Burns, they, they house it. You are correct. Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. Yeah, I got a point. Ooh, I got a point, Matt. I did it. Congratulations, Robbie. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, your easy question. Uh, Homer joins what in Simpson Tide? Uh, that is the Naval Reserve. That is correct. You know, I was trying to think, oh, what are some good ocean-themed episodes? You <laughs> you picked the obvious one. I went with the Mansion family. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Your medium question. What time can Mo sell booze on Sunday? Um, When the sun... It's the time when the sun hits a certain spot on the floor. Is that? That's that's correct, yes, but it's a specific time. Oh, I need a number? Why can't I? You need a number. What? Mo says, I can't sell you beer till uh, I, well, I mean, such a time. But the sun, I mean, if you think about it, really, the time, there, it, that, is a, that represents a number. You know, that, that's, that spot on the floor where the sun hits, you know, it's basically a sundial. So that's good enough, right? Two points for Robbie. I'll put those right in no, there. No, sorry, Robbie. Uh, okay. Um, I have to guess the number, which will be inevitably wrong. Um, I have a number in my head, and then I have a number in my heart. I have to decide which one I want to go with. All right. Now I have a third number. It's in my hands. Um, <laughs> Can you trust your hands? No, I can't trust any of these. They're all wrong. That's the problem, Matt. Whatever that's the that's the trick. It's like the Monty Hall problem. Which whichever door I open is the wrong door. Um, Two p.m. You are correct. Yeah. Good job, Robbie. I did it. That was my hands. I gave myself the hand. That was the the hands. Good job. Answer. Good job, hands. Good job, hands. As I like to call them, new feet. That was a solid gag in this episode. I will add the New England, oh, yeah. new, new, new. Your what do you call your hands? New feet. 
Um, uh-huh. Your medium question. What is the name of the captain on Homer's submarine? Uh, I believe it's Captain Tennille. Yes. <laughs> what? The captain of Tennille? Come on. Yes, you're, you're not supposed to remember that, Matt. Oh, sorry. You're supposed to get it wrong. Uh, your final question, your hard question. Uh-huh. What are the three diseases used in the Mayo Clinic explanation of Mr. Burns' diseases? You have every disease we <laughs> known to man. We've just discovered multiple diseases here in you. Um, uh-huh. uh, rubella. Um, I want to say rubella. I want to say uh, like something about infants, like something infinite, some infant disease. And then I know like there's some weird, f- funny name disease that they use. Like, I can't remember that. I really should because I really love that scene, but I can't. I think um, my brain has rotted away. I, I give okay. up. They I are. Give. You give okay. They are flu, bronchitis, and pancreatic cancer. That's what this they cute use. Little fellow here is pancreatic cancer. Oh, yeah. you, oh! I thought you meant. I thought you meant. Don't they? Doesn't he list more diseases like in that like that rambling like? Yes. I didn't know you meant that. I thought that's what you meant. I didn't think you meant the the little. What the little yep, sorry. the little stuffed animal guys were, yeah, it didn't matter. I got them all wrong anyway. Um, uh-huh. Your hard question, according to Abe on the news, what is his son? Okay, uh, he is um, uh, he is not a porn star. Um, he is oh god, what is it? Um, I love this episode. I have seen it so much. No. Now, all I can think of is Abe's things in uh, the Stonecutters episode, uh, <laughs> Mason and Elk. Um, a member? He, he is a member a of communist, the communist, not a porn star. I'm a member of the Gay and Lesbian Alliance for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I have no idea. Uh, Abe's quote in, uh, precisely is, he's not a communist. He may be a liar, a pig, an idiot, a communist, but he's not a porn star. That's what it was. Okay member of the gay and lesbian alliance for some reason hey we should all be a member of that alliance now i don't know if that's a real is that a real group still i don't know hmm. possibly I don't, I don't follow every single um social organization only so much time in my life uh matt still has a nine point lead on me with four episodes to go so i'm still in it not mathematically eliminated yet but Nope. We'll get I there. believe in you, Robbie. You say that, man. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe? I believe you can. If I start asking much easier questions, you start asking much harder questions. There's a chance. <laughs> I The problem is, man, I don't really... I'm not consistent. I don't. I just kind of go with what I think is fun. And sometimes those are easy, and sometimes those are hard. To you. I don't know. To normal That's people, true. they're probably all impossible, but you're not a normal person. Um, <laughs> oh, a truer statement has never said on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, we that's it for trivia we can move on to our final segment the segment we end every single episode with it's time for best episode ever best episode ever best episode ever is the part of part of the show which the ranked episodes categorically as you watch them chronologically eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are all right um this episode is fine it is fine yeah it's yeah, I, we need a, a separate uh, column on our spreadsheet for is this an anthology episode? Uh, eh, I think you can still wa- total watchability. I think there is still an easy comparison point. Um, and I think that 
I will say that, like, yeah, there's a lot, several of our, our, our patrons mentioned Simpsons Bible stories as a comparison point. This is better mm-hmm. than Simpsons Bible stories. I would absolutely agree. So it's a which actually puts us up in season one territory. Yeah, it, it gets us up there. Um, and I think that's a, like for season seventeen, this is not bad. Good. Um, I I'm not going to use the word good, Matt. That's a that's a little tricky. Okay, you're right. You're um, for season seventeen, it's adequate. Um, there's we have Marge's son poisoning at at another, another season seventeen episode. That's a few spots above that. Is this better than Marge's son poisoning? Which which one is the poisoning one? <laughs> you're like which one is the one was that um that's where the, the they go to the they get tea yeah but why does it involve poisoning i don't recall how poisoning was involved oh you literally oh okay like literally why is it called marge's son poisoning yeah um it's a good oh point. i i don't know why it's called that but i remember the episode completely now yeah i'm gonna say this is better than that uh because it doesn't involve a weird sig off at the end where marge forces bart to disavow her so that he doesn't grow up to be a mama's boy oh my god no matter how bad the mutiny on the bounty segment was it could not be as bad as that no it, it's better than, i mean that's the worst part of the episode matt i i, I don't want to necessarily weigh the worst of parts of each episode against each other i don't think that's fair but i do think this episode's better than that um above that's thank god it's doomsday which i think it's I better just, i can't I, believe I, I allowed you to put it that high thank god it's doomsday isn't bad it's it's fine. I think that's where we're at, where these episodes are like in this part, like, are they good? No, no, yeah. but they're they're watchable. Like, I would watch. Thank God it's Doomsday again. You know, I would watch Marge's Sun Poisoning again. Any of these episodes I could watch again. They're not so bad that. Hmm. OK, Matt, I'm really? going to you... watch them again. OK, you can. OK, here's the choice. Thank God it's Doomsday. Watch that again. Or you got to watch Make Room for Lisa. What are you doing? I mean, obviously these, but I feel like these okay, are bad then. enough that I, if, if I win the trivia challenge, we're going to have to rewatch at least a couple of these. Hey, you said what episode, Matt? All right. You didn't say we're watching multiple episodes, whatever. I'm not doing that. Oh, um, what kind of I nonsense? thought I said several episodes. You're I'm pretty sure I You're said out of your mind. Episodes. No, we're doing one. One episode. Okay. That's enough pain. Or it's um, tough to choose. I would absolutely watch. Yeah. Marshall Sun Poisoning isn't, isn't miserable. If it was on, like, okay. I'm not saying like you it's like appointment television, but if it you were like I you have your massive playlist of all the Simpsons episodes and you put it on shuffle and Marge's Sun Poisoning is on in the background while you're doing something else. You don't skip it. I wouldn't skip it. If it was make room for Lisa, yeah. I'd be like, oh, go to the next one. I don't care what it is. I don't want this on the screen. Marge's Sun Poisoning would be like, it's fine, it's on screen. Thank God it's doomsday. Any of these, if they were on the screen, if they are if they were on near me, I wouldn't rebel. I would just say, that's ah, fine. You you glance up once in a while. Um I think th- we're close though. I think this we're close to where I think this episode goes. Um there's Thank God it's Doomsday, which I think is Hmm. I think it's hmm. thank God it's doomsday isn't bad. Um, I think this is better though. You think this is better? I would than much rather than... rewatch this again than thank God it's doomsday. I'm not sure. Thank God it's doomsday is relatively cohesive for for season sixteen, especially. I mean, it is, but it's so stupid. It's like, oh yes, uh, Homer miscalculates the apocalypse, goes up to heaven, causes a ruckus, so God sends him back down here. Yeah, but it's so I don't know. I I think I don't mind it because it's crazy. Like season sixteen and seventeen, all these. 15, 16, 17, all these new Al Jean years, they're so 
boring in their badness a lot of the time. Thank God it's Doomsday, at least a little bit crazy. And I'm like, I that's the crazy thing where I'm like, I'm looking back at the Scully years with like fond memories because they were bad, but at least they were crazy. You know, they are so crazy. They're bad, but at least they're crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. Is this, if you think, I don't, like, I'm fine with putting it above Thank God It's Doomsday. It's not like it's, I love Thank God It's Doomsday that much. Um, the Blunder Years is right above that. I, I see, and I say the Blunder Years is that craziness that I enjoy more so than Thank God It's Doomsday because it's just completely out of left field, but still relatively enjoyable. I would say that one is better than this. Yeah, I think Blunder Years is probably it is a probably good spot right underneath the Blunder Years. I think the Blunder Years has enough in it to put it above it, and it it briefly touch like it has some it has a lot of charm. I think that's the I think the the thing above everything else the Blunder Years has is this has charm, and it is absolutely crazy, and it has some laughs. Um, it is an episode where I go, oh, season it's one of the best season thirteen episodes for sure. Um. So that's a pretty good spot for it, I think. Right yeah. below, right below Blunder Years, right above. Thank God it's Doomsday. Um, that's a new number of two fifty-eight. Is the wettest, wettest stories ever told, which is also just uh. Can I? We didn't really talk. We didn't mention this. This is a terrible title. Like, what is they this? They always are these days. What? This is not. Well, one. This is not these days. This was you know 15 years ago matt but right but i mean like the the current seasons we're going through yeah they're not they're not very good um it's really i don't know why you would name it episode that when you could have like the there's so many c puns why wouldn't you just go with like a c pun you know right but they woof woof that's what that's what i say as well tied indeed um so that puts the wettest stories ever told at number 258, right below the blunder years, right above. Thank God it's doomsday. It is a new number 68 on our post golden years ranking, which isn't bad for season 17, frankly. Um, number one is still Homer's enemy. Uh, last place. Codependence day. Holding strong. Oh yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think the next, the, any of the episodes that challenge, you know, that for the worst episode ever are going to come out of left field. Cause I don't, I, I'm not going to see them coming, I think. Um, what was I doing? Oh, I was going to say, Matt, we have one more question we must answer. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! So it's an anthology episode. So it isn't really... You know, it's mostly. I mean, it's kind of canon. Like the, the frame story is at least canon, I would say. Uh, but like, it's more about is it is worthy it, of is keeping it, in? Is it part of our canon? Is it an episode you'd recommend? Is it important enough to watch? And I would say it's. Is it ultimately? Is it worth watching? Yes, I, oh, think, I think. I would uh, say yes. I think it's. It keep it in the canon. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. fire it. I'm not gonna fire it out of the yeah, cannon. I'm not gonna say this is. Oh, you should definitely skip this because it's so bad for some reason. No, I I, I want to be. I would like our. I I feel like it probably depends on the week how cranky I'm feeling, but largely I I want to keep things in unless absolutely unless absolutely we can't. And it's just I think it speaks to how bad season seventeen has been that we have largely kept stuff out because they've been so bad. Um, but. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go along. 
so think uh so the wettest stories ever told are yes part of the canon but we can go up to the top of our list we're working our way down everything has been a part of the canon so far we haven't yet reached one that we're not going to keep in and it's probably going to be quite a while before we get to one it's not that just tells you how good the simpsons were for how long they were uh because we are at number 56 hey matt Speaking of yes, the stone, right. speaking of the stonecutters, we are at Homer the Great. Oh, this is a, such an easy one. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Homer the Great is a great episode. Here, number fit number fifty six on our list. I'm still calling these episodes great. Homer the Great is great. Homer the Great is a great episode. Yeah, for real. We do, we do. We just sing that entire song Steve right Gutenberg, now. A star. Oh, poor Steve Gutenberg. Um, so yeah, Homer the Great's of course, of course, it's part of the canon. Such a, such a fun episode. Um, I think that's it, man. I think we, ready, ready. I think we did another one today. We got another one done. Working our way through. Marching our way towards 400. Getting closer and closer. Here. I know. Um, you can find this list on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. Has links to everything there. Uh, our social media, our Twitter, our, our, our RSS feed, a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com. The Simpsons Show. Once again, if you want to help us out, help pay for hosting, uh, give, throw us a couple of dollars. We'd really appreciate it. And you get hundreds of hours now of me and uh, me and Matt's bonus material. Hundreds of hours of podcasts. So many movies and episodes reviewed. I mean, books. Things. So many things. Um, Our next episode, Matt. Let's see. Let's, let's spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel, see what it is. It is girls just want to have sums. Okay, okay, that's a possibility. Uh, This could be good. I remember people being upset about this. Oh, I don't. I guess we'll see. I don't remember. It was something about how they write Lisa and how they... Something about... I don't know. I don't know. I'm wary, but of course I'm wary about all season 17. This is a Matt Selman episode. Which that gives you, I don't know, usually hope for optimism. Because uh, Matt Selman generally in the post-Golden Years is one of their better writers. We'll see? Question mark? We'll see. You can also uh, join us on our Patreon if you want to leave a review. And we'll read it on there. Uh, that'll do for us. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. That's my name. And my website is RobbieDorman.com. It's also my name. It has links to everything. There are links to my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels. Uh, my newest novel, you heard a you heard a blurb for it at the very beginning of this episode. Uh, it's called Death Rattle. It's about uh, a, a Texan, a Texas, old, uh, aged Texas defend, Texan defending his small dying town from greedy vampires. Uh, it's my favorite book yet. You can pre-order it. I really appreciate you if you did. It helps me out a lot. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is accurate. I'm spending all my time trying to get a mom to feed her kittens. And if you'd like to see said kittens, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, I don't think they've actually been posted yet, but they will be soon because they're so incredibly adorable. I think there was a little, there's a shot of one of them today, right? I saw one. Uh, I believe so, yes. I think today's yeah. the first day. A little tiny, a little, when they're little, they look like, you know, before, mug. before they get cute. That's a, the per- I don't but, know. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? I don't slap. I, I, it's Melsey's you. I, hey, all right. I, I, it's not that I don't, I'm not, I still love them. I still love the little kittens. But when they're like the little, like, 
under a week. Not, I'm not a. They look. I don't. They don't look cute to me. Well, I'll have you know that they're almost two weeks. Okay. Well, until they get their eyes open routinely, I am not a fan. They look like little rats. I'm not. Whatever, Robbie. Everyone, tell Robbie how wrong he is. That's fine. I understand it's not a popular opinion. That's okay. I just, I still love them, and I still want them. I still want the best for them, and I still applaud you and your wife for taking care of them. Well, thank you, Robbie. Just like I think ugly babies should be cared for. Exactly, exactly. It's the same. Um, before I say something else stupid, uh, they'll do it. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching the Simpsons. Shh.